following sermon is by our graduating seniors. Good morning again. As promised, most of what you'll hear today for our sermon comes from our students that are sitting behind me, our mostly recently graduated seniors, half of them, the other Tuesday. The other two are on Tuesday. Uh, But I wanted to take a moment to share with you all some uh, brief reflections that have been on my heart for you all as the congregation, but also for my students as I've been preparing for this service over the last few weeks. There's a phrase that we don't use too often here in this church community, but I hear in other church communities, and that is um, that children, students, or young people are the future of the church. And that phrase never sits well with me. And before you run me out as your youth pastor who doesn't like that phrase, let me explain. Uh, I struggle with this phrase because when we refer to our young people as the church, I hear that as they aren't a part of the church right now. I know I'm biased because it's my job to spend time with and build up teenagers, but it shouldn't necessarily be foreign to us that young people are and have been vitally important to the life of the church uh, and instrumental in the formation of the church as we know it. If we look at a lot of influential people in the Bible, uh, we see that a lot of them were kids or young people themselves. One of those young people is a New Testament writer Uh, Timothy, who was a student under Paul, uh, and I'm gonna read from 1 Timothy chapter four, verse six through 16 for us this morning. If you put these instructions before the brothers and sisters, you will be a good servant of Christ Jesus, nourished on the words of the faith and of the sound teaching that you have followed. Have nothing to do with profane and foolish tales. Train yourself in godliness, for while physical training is of some value, godliness is valuable in every way holding promise for both the present life and the life to come. The saying is sure and worthy of full acceptance, for to this end we toil and suffer reproach because we have our hope set on the living God who is the savior of all people, especially those who believe. Command and teach these things. Let no one despise your youth, but set the believers an example in speech and conduct, in love, in faith, and in purity. Until I arrive, give attention to the public reading of scripture, to exhorting, to teaching. Do not neglect neglect the gift that is in you, which was given to you through prophecy and the laying on of hands by the council of elders. Put these things into practice, devote yourself to them so that all may see your progress. Pay close attention to yourself and to the teaching. Continue in these things for in doing so, this you will save both yourself and your hearers. This gospel message that was being shared was completely countercultural and new to those that were hearing it. And I'm sure that some adults reading this letter to Timothy, uh, a kid in himself, might have been a little uncomfortable with it. Anyone who works with middle school and high school age students knows that you need to have a thick skin that no amount of training can provide, only from the Lord. Once you get to know them and they get to know you, You can receive free fashion advice, uh, an updated vocabulary, and no mistake you ever do will ever go unnoticed ever again. But in all seriousness, for my leaders and myself, when I say they push me to be a better Christian and followers in the world. 
The way that they read the Bible and ask questions about it, the way they interact with the world, love those around them, ask questions and even have doubts, ultimately make us better Christ followers. When I was in high school, I got the opportunity to give a sermon like what they will do in my home church. And I used the, the verse in 1 Timothy 4.12. I used this scripture because it was real and tangible to me in my life in both positive and negative ways. I'd experienced people who didn't take my desire to do ministry seriously as a young person or treated me less than because of my age. But on the flip side, I chose that verse because there were people that recognized and built up in me what I couldn't see myself. It is my hope and prayer that these students relate to this verse because they only feel the kind of love, acceptance, and freedom to share their gifts and be celebrated as I did so many years ago. I have so much joy for the ways that I see that this is lived out in our church community already. Before I pray for my seniors who are about to speak, I wanna say this to just my students. Thank you. Thank you for being fully yourselves in this place. For pushing the status quo, for following Jesus' command to love one another fiercely. You help me be a better example in speech, conduct, love, faith, and purity because of the ways I see you all live it out. I'm so thankful for each and every one of you. So God, as these seniors prepare to share with us this morning, give them calm hearts because what they are speaking comes from you and not from them. Give them the words to say and allow them to and allow it to rest on our ears as a reminder of your love for young people and for ourselves. Amen. Good morning. My name is Ryan Baker. I'm the son of Chuck and Jen Baker and the grandson of Sharon and Chuck Moore. I've been going to Paley Presbyterian my entire life. Throughout my life here at PPC, I've been baptized, gone to Sunday school, participated in vacation Bible school, been in both middle and high school youth group, gone to, through confirmation, gone on mission trips, and joined a Bible study. Most weeks, you'll usually find me in the back helping with AV. From a young age, my parents have taught me to become involved in the church, participate in the many activities, groups, and outreach programs that make our church one of a kind. In the fall, I will be attending Penn State University for mechanical engineering. As I prepare to start this new chapter in life, I've been reflecting on the journey that I've had here for the past 17 years. I was baptized here as a baby, and from that point on, I've been surrounded by positive influences who care for me and have raised me. Some of my first memories here were during children's time, when we would have a short lesson before going to the nursery or back to our parents. At the end of each lesson, the entire congregation would say, you're beautiful, God loves you, and we love you too. The repetition of this simple saying cemented one of the most basic but foundational aspects of my faith, that God loves me. As a young kid, this is perfect for me because love was all that I needed and probably all that I could understand at the time. Of course, as a toddler, I couldn't have the understanding of faith that I do now, but it was a great way to start me on my faith journey. As I became older and joined youth group and later confirmation, I learned more about who God and Jesus are and what they have done for me. My foundation of faith was built upon through reading the Bible and discussing its meaning. With each lesson we learned, whether it was Jesus dying on the cross for our sins, God saving the Israelites from Egypt, 
or Jesus healing the paralyzed man, the motive is still the same. He loves us. God really has no other reason besides his love for us. Even now, after I've been through confirmation and my time with senior high youth group is coming to an end, I'm always reminded of the foundation and everything we discuss and learn about. Reflecting back on the many memories that I have throughout youth group, I see God's love in every single one. On the treats, we would serve each other communion, worship together, and pray for each other. But the memories I hold on to most are the ones made outside of worship. We're playing tug of war in the mud at the Great Escape, we're going tubing during the summer, building mattress forts during winter retreats, pranking the pastors during summer hang, going out for lunch with some of the guys from youth group, and the list goes on. Even in coming to youth group every Wednesday, I'm always surrounded by such a loving community that supports me and wants to see me succeed. I know that within all of these experiences, God's love is present in everyone I am with. You can even think about this saying in relation to our goal of ending relational poverty. As we invite others to church, meet new members, and encourage others to become engaged in the community we have here, we are spreading God's love to everyone else. Whenever we have children's time now, and my role has switched, because now I say it with the congregation, call me selfish, but I like to take the saying a little for myself. Although I'm now part of the people saying to the children, you're beautiful, God loves you, and we love you too. I still think, I think it's still important that we have that reminder given out to everyone here and everyone we see throughout our week, that all of you are beautiful, God loves all of you, and we all love you too. Thank you. I started going to Paoli Prez youth group in sixth grade. There were different kids and different leaders, and I didn't really feel at home. I didn't have any friends, and I really wouldn't pay attention to the lessons. It stayed that way for about two years until confirmation. Confirmation forced me to make friends with new people. The people and leaders I grew fond of set a great example of how I should emphasize faith in my life. They did this with well-thought-out retreat and lessons so we could always build upon our faith. However, as this was during COVID, I could, no, I could not go back to youth group and ended up taking a hiatus from church altogether. I came back this year to what seems like a new church. Most of the people I knew had graduated and the smaller ones had replaced them. We had a new youth pastor named Maddie. But everything that had changed, the one thing remained the same, the message. Maddie's lessons are always great and more importantly, Youth group is just more fun now. All this has led me to this point, saying in front of you guys in congregation. But what did that teach me? The first thing that comes to mind for me is that God loves everyone. I used to think that because the other kids in the youth group knew so much more than me about the Bible, and they sinned way less than I did before him, that I, I wasn't supposed to be at church. And this last year, the welcoming kids in the high school youth group showed me that it was, in fact, quite the opposite. My faith has grown immensely, knowing God forgives my sins and loves all equally. My faith has also been fortified by Maddie's lessons. They are designed to be easy to understand 
and encourage learning in the best way by encouraging participation. So lastly, I would just like to thank Maddie and the rest of my church for being so supportive during my internship. When my internship fell through, the first person I thought to ask was Maddie and the church and see if they could help me out in any way. I enjoyed my time learning about the diversity of the church, meeting new people, and hearing about their experiences. Thank you all. Hello, everybody. My name is Maggie Hawkins, and I'm a senior at Conestoga High School. It is with great joy and gratitude that I stand before you today to share my reflections on faith shaped by these experiences within and, without, and outside our cherished Paoli Presbyterian Church, um, the transformative impact of our youth ministry, and the guiding presence of God in my life. So as I talk today about my journey, I hope to inspire and encourage each one of you on your own faith journey. So as some of you may know, I've been going to Paoli Pres my entire life. I started attending the gate daycare when all I wanted was snack time. Usually this consisted of goldfish or animal crackers, which is still some of the best goldfish and animal crackers I've ever had. Um, and of course, the, there was love there that made me feel secure being away from my parents at such a young age. Then I made my way through Sunday school, and something I noticed is I always wanted to be in the other classes because all of the classes looked like so much fun all of the time, and we always had so much fun. I made lots of friends, recited the Beatitudes and the Lord's Prayer, found, or received my first Bible, participated in children's choir, and one year I even got my entire family to get involved in the Christmas pageant where my parents were Mary and Joseph, and my newborn little brother, Joey, was baby Jesus. <laughs> um, I was one of the three kings, so it was a little, you know, but. <laughs> so I sang with the choir every chance I got, and I was always excited to perform. And of course, during the summer, I participated in Vacation Bible School, where I learned about God while enjoying summer and all the fun activities that came with the camp. I didn't know it at the time because I was having so much fun, but each one of these experiences was helping me shape and guide me in my faith journey. Our family made a few excursions along the way as well. We helped out at soup kitchens, 15,000 meals, serve days, and many more, but the most significant was our Belize trip. My mom, my dad, and I were able to go to Belize and be a part of our amazing relationship with our partners in faith in Belize with the help of PPC. My parents worked, but I just played with all the children there, and they were just, we were just welcomed into their homes and the lives of all the people we met. And again, I didn't realize at the time, but this experience was helping me along in my journey and shaping me into the person I was meant to be. But after Sunday school classes, middle school and high school youth group and confirmation played pivotal roles in shaping my faith. I was able to learn about God and the stories from the Bible about amazing things God and Jesus have done. The different lessons that the Bible can teach us helped me solve everyday problems. Confirmation for me was a year before COVID, so fortunately it was completely normal. 
Once a week, about five of us would head to the church and learn about the Gospels of Luke, and of course have fun, play games, and fool around. And on top of that, the youth group was a life-changing experience. The warmth and kindness of all the kids and leaders made me feel instantly as though as they were my family. I was always excited to head to the middle school youth group on Sundays, but I was extremely excited to finally be able to go to the high school youth group when the time came. Unfortunately, COVID kind of put a little bump in the road, but thanks to Maddie and several others, we were, we were able to keep the loving spirit alive and maintain this amazing group of kids who want to learn and grow their faith. These experiences have cultivated a strong foundation upon which my faith continues to grow and thrive. Among all the scriptures, one verse holds a special place in my heart, which is Jeremiah 29, 11. This verse proclaims, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. These words remind me that God had a purpose for each one of us, even in the midst of uncertainty. I've always worried about my future, whether it was my grades or my career, which is way far in the future. Um, I was just always thinking about it. But recently, I have discovered the amazing feeling of living in the now. This Bible verse reads true in my mind, as God doesn't need me to worry about my future. He has a plan for me, and I just have to live it. It reassures me that God's plans are far greater than I could ever envision for myself. This verse provides comfort, hope, and a reminder to trust in God's guidance. My dad reminds me every college talk that no matter where I go, it's like standing at the edge of a cliff of an unknown future, and there is no way of knowing what's next. I must humbly surrender my hopes and dreams to the faithful hands of our loving God. I pray and trust that God will lead me to serve others selflessly, to be a vessel of his grace and love. I long to follow God's lead in fulfilling his purpose for my life, trusting that his plan will far exceed anything I could imagine. And apparently, I was led to a specific college, so I'm happy to announce that I will be attending Penn State University in the fall. We are. <laughs> Our beloved church family has been an invaluable source of inspiration and support throughout my faith journey. From the nursery to Sunday school, mission experiences and youth group, the sense of community and fellowship experienced within these walls has nurtured my soul, helping, helping me to grow my relationship with God. So in conclusion, I stand before you today, a product of the shaping influence of all of you, our Paoli Presbyterian community, the transformative experiences within the youth ministry and confirmation and the guiding hand of God in my life. My prayer today is that my reflections inspire all of us to work boldly in faith, loving and serving one another as we continue to grow and deepen our relationship with our mighty God. So as I leave you today, let me say to all of you the words that I will forever cherish. You're beautiful, God loves you, and I love you too. Amen. Hello everyone, uh, my name is David Rexius. I've been going to this church for pretty much my whole life. Um, it's played a large role in the lives of both me and my family. Um, my parents were married here, um, me and my siblings were all baptized here, and people from my family have been attending way back since my great-grandmother. Haley Presbyterian has played such a large role in my life for so long in so many ways, but I wanted to talk a little bit about how it's affected me as a musician. 
Um, as some of you may know, I will be majoring in music in the fall, specifically in piano, and through this church, I've gotten a lot of musical experience, which I'm very thankful for. I've known for quite a while that I've wanted to major in music in college, uh, specifically piano, but I've had a lot of doubts along the way as if I should really follow this path. Um, it's no secret that a career in music is a pretty uncertain one. I've heard all too often the jokes about ending up as a starting ar starving artist living with my parents forever. But I've always been aware of these risks, and I never really, well, externally cared because I wanted to chase my dream anyways. But I'd be lying if I said I never took some of the comments to heart. Um, I've had a lot of self-doubt over the years in my own skills as a musician, and there's been many times where I've seriously considered giving up on my dream because of my fears. Thoughts of, am I good enough? Do I want it badly enough? And what happens if I fail have plagued me ever since I decided on this path. However, even in these times of intense doubt and fear, God was always there. Throughout my time in this church, I've been presented with opportunity after opportunity to perform and grow as a musician and get to apply myself in a real musical setting. And every time I have, I've been reaffirmed that I'm doing what I'm meant to be doing, not only by God, but also through the people in this church. Um, all of you have been so kind to me in my development as a musician from the time I was young to now, and the words of kindness you've given me for years have meant more than you could possibly know. I know that through you, the congregation, God is speaking to me and telling me not to doubt, telling me not to give up and do what I was meant to do. We all have a part in God's plan, and I believe God's plan for me was to share joy and worship through music, and I am so thankful to this church for giving me the chance to realize that. In just a minute, I'll be performing one last time with the amazing Hallelujah Ringers, a bell choir <laughs> that I've had the privilege of directing for the past six months, and I've been a member of for the past five years. I'm so thankful for the trust that they have had in me as just a high school student to lead them. It's a truly wonderful group of people and I really hope you enjoy the performance we're about to put on because it's a really hard piece. <laughs> I'd, li I'd now like to invite them up so we can play this piece for you all.
the other, that one. Can you move it to the side? Thank you. One more round of applause for our seniors. You guys can go take a seat. You can go take a seat. Mm -hmm. I would encourage you to uh, spend some time chatting with them outside whenever we're done. Uh, we really represent Penn State in this church. Like, we, the other senior that is not here this morning is also going to Penn State. So, David, sorry, I don't, or I, yeah, way to be different. Um, yes, but thank you so much for sharing what you did this morning. It's a joy to, to hear you all speak what's on your heart, both to me and the rest of our congregation. So, let us pray. Lord, we come to this communion table as a reminder of your ultimate sacrifice that you have made. We humbly come knowing that it is only you that can offer the kind of peace, grace, and love that we need in our lives. Amen. On the night Jesus was betrayed, he took bread, and after giving thanks, he broke it saying, this is my body broken for you. Eat this in remembrance of me. And in the same way, after supper, he took the cup, and after pouring it out, he said, this cup is the new covenant sealed in my blood, shed for the forgiveness of sins. Whenever you drink it, do so in remembrance of me. Every time you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the saving death of our risen Lord and Savior until he comes again. I'm gonna invite my student ushers up to grab the baskets in the front pews and head to either the middle or the side aisles. And as I do that, let us pray. Lord, as we approach the table with you today, we recognize that whatever path of life we come from, that we need your saving and redeeming grace. You have given us these common elements to bring us together as one family of faith. And we pray this all in Jesus' name, amen. So the way this works is that the elements are pre-packaged for you, and so you can come down uh, either the center aisle here or the side aisles and receive the elements, take them back to your seat, uh, and then take them on your own time.
everyone would relate to. After each line, please join us in saying, Lord, hear our prayer for the church and for our lives. For people who need peace. For those with um, for financial uncertainty. For those who are displaced. For those who experience violence. For people who are going through life transitions. For those who don't feel they are in the right place. For whoever will be our new pastor. For people who are feeling sad. For those who are traveling this summer. Let us believe and pray. Oh God, we come before you this time. We want to thank you for the gift of life and care throughout the week, for forgiveness for anything that we have done unpleasing for in your eyes. We also want to pray for the sick wherever they are. May you heal them with medicine from high above. We also want to thank you for the seniors and for blessing them throughout their high school experience. May you continue being with us all and blessing each one of us in your own way and give us the desire of our hearts. Let us join together praying the way Jesus taught us saying, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it's in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as you forgive us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thy is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen. <laughs>